Welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us back in the studio. And we are happy to be with you on a Reaction Monday. Uh, it should be a ton of fun. And we are really excited to be here uh, because it's a big-time reaction, especially if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan to last night's game. Uh, we've got K-State to react to. They fall to Texas. Ah, so close. Uh, frustrating loss for the Cats. A really exciting win for KU because it ensures bowl eligibility and much, much more coming up throughout the show here. We've got some Black Panther Wakanda Forever sneak peek tickets to give away for later this week. So we'll do that a little later in the program. Uh, all kinds of stuff to get to the rest of the day in the NFL. Tommy, how are you this morning? Mondays are always fun. Take a deep breath and look a bit back before we look ahead. Little exhausting. Uh, a lot happened this weekend that we have to uh, recap and and talk about and get into. Um, I, I was laying in bed last night after the after the Chiefs game and just thought, man, um, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, there's so much to break down, not just with that game, but with everything that happened this weekend. So I'm looking forward to this. We also get college basketball starting tonight for all three of Wichita State, KU, and K State. Um, so we will try to get a little bit on that uh, a little bit later in the show. So needless to say, we've got a lot going on tonight. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll just skip right over our picks from last week. Uh, no need. To <laughs> Not a very good outcome time. for you, Jacob. <laughs> Maybe my worst outcome in the history of picking. Uh, but goodness, it's so funny, too, when we do these picks, just as a quick aside, because – I, I choose what I think are the hardest games to pick. Um, and they're not the actual games I bet on. I had a good betting weekend. So I, I feel bad. Like, we make these picks because I, I pick them based on difficulty and relevance to us here. But they're they're not always the games I'm actually picking. So they're not reflective of my wallet, which is nice, which is good news. Because uh, it would have been a real bad weekend if that was the case. Um, okay. Okay. Let's start with the Chiefs because it happened just a few hours ago, really. Uh, win over the Titans, you take it, right? 20-17. to 17. I thought that this game would go one of two ways. I didn't see a scenario where the Chiefs, Chiefs won a close game. I thought they'd either win big or the Titans would get them. For a while, it looked like the Titans were going to get them, but the Chiefs had just enough. One heck of a drive by Mahomes in that offense. And really, Tommy, the defense bailed them out big time in that game, especially in the second half. And a lot of credit to them for adjusting because it looked like Derrick Henry was going to feast. And while he did early, he did not late. Defense bails him out. They get a few big plays when they need him. My early observations are that's a heck of a win for the Chiefs because it felt like a game they were going to lose. And Mike Vrabel is an unreal coach. The Titans had their backup. Malik Willis cannot throw the ball right now. Like, he is not ready. The, two weeks in a row, he's been a non-factor. Yet they find ways before last night to be on a five-game win streak. Tennessee's probably more for real than we think that they are, assuming that Tannehill comes back and he's healthy. But that's a, that's a nice win for the Chiefs to just get away with that one. Yeah, that's one that you look back on in January uh, and you think, okay, that was a really, really important win. And teams that, you know, typically have strong playoff uh, pedigrees and, and, you know, long-term success, they are the ones that are able to win games like that. I mean, look at some of the other teams 
in the NFL that weren't able to do that, like the Green Bay Packers. You know, like you, you lose an ugly game. Playoff teams win those ugly games. They were a handful of teams in the NFL that won ugly games yesterday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won an ugly game. The Los Angeles Chargers won an ugly game. The Minnesota Vikings won an ugly game. You win ugly, and that's what leads you to the playoffs. Uh, and it sure looked like for a long time last night that Kansas City wasn't going to be able to make that happen. Um, the resiliency is important, uh, but I think even more so, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you can't, you cannot overstate uh, the importance that, that he brings when he can single-handedly take a game over um, and basically say, look, like, I got this. It doesn't matter how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to lean on anybody else. I'm just going to go out there and make it happen myself. Uh, and he was able to do that in the fourth quarter in an overtime. And so, yeah, that that's a, that's a victory that you survive in advance. You get out of there. You think, okay, that's a, that's a solid team. That's a, that's a good uh, defensive team. It's a good running team in Tennessee. And so you're grateful to get the victory and you move on. Yeah, it's look, they they did a lot of things well in the game. They did a lot of things poorly in the game. And at some point you just throw your hands up in a game like that and you kind of don't care about that stuff anymore. Right? You don't because that game earlier in the year against Indianapolis was a loss, right? The game where you just can't figure it out. You've got some special teams mistakes. The offense is in a in a you know in a slog for whatever reason. And a lot of it was the pass rush. I, I think that Tennessee was able to generate in this game. They just, Tennessee plays them well. And I think a lot of that credit needs to go to Mike Vrabel because he's a defensive guy and whatever it is that they do, they play Kansas city well over the years. Kansas city found a way to win. Mahomes got it done with his legs. My wife and I were watching last night. She doesn't watch a ton of chiefs football, um, uh, but she does, and every time she watches, her reactions are always the same. And last night, coming down the stretch there, they were amplified. She just she sees Mahomes, and he just plays so different than what he looks like, right? He definitely doesn't look like he's the best athlete on the field. And sometimes, like in that go-ahead drive or, or the game-tying drive, he makes these plays, and she's like, I just, like, what is happening? Like, he does not look like – I'm like, I'm telling you, Robert Sala had it best. Like, don't let his old man – jog wobble or whatever he said like fool you he's and he is like he he makes these plays and you know he got great blocks from his receivers on both of those runs the touchdown and the long first down run that I thought were just an a great sign to the cohesive nature of the offense it wasn't working but in those spots in assignment football they just the communication was there without needing to be spoken right they knew he was going to run Whatever happened, he got two key blocks and he made two key plays. Just so many little things in that game. We saw the Bills lose to the Jets. Like, it's the NFL. It's hard, right? That was a game that really felt like a game the Chiefs were going to lose. Like, at any point, at what point, Tommy, did you think, God, they might win this game? Because I don't know that it came until, I don't know, he picked up the first down on that long run. I mean, that was probably the moment because every other moment it felt like, yeah, they, they're going to find a way to lose this game for sure. 
yeah, I mean, the moment for me, to be completely honest, was I think it was that sack on second down in overtime uh, on Malik Willis that pushed the Titans back. It was after the Chiefs had kicked the, the go-ahead field goal, uh, and Malik Willis is sacked on second down, and then he's sacked again um, on third down. Uh, at that point, I'm like, okay, the, we're good. Like, it, it's, it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, even in overtime, and, and again, you mentioned it, credit to Mike Vrabel. He is a defensive coach. He is he's incredible. Um, and that defense was ferocious. The pass rush was insane all night long. And it wasn't like they were blitzing Mahomes a ton, uh, but the coverage downfield was fantastic for the most part. And it, you know, it, until Mahomes was able to actually turn it loose with his legs, uh, there were there were quite a few. There, there was a lot of pressure and, and quite a few uh, coverage sacks. And you know what? I got to say, like I, I was watching pregame uh, and Tony Dungy. Um, you made a comment and I kind of like scoffed at it when he made the comment, but he was like, watch the line of scrimmage. He was the only one on that panel that picked Tennessee to win. He was like, watch the line of scrimmage. Tennessee's going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And you know what? They did. Oh, they did. To Tony Dungy. They did. Absolutely. They did. Uh, and, and so it was the, the fact that the defensive line, they were able to make things happen and push around, uh, that, that offensive line, Orlando Brown had a bad game. Andrew Wiley had a couple of okay plays, but he had an overall not he had, great he game. Had, Chris Collinsworth pointed it out. He had a couple of big plays late yeah. after not having a good game, so it right. was nice to see him do that. I mean, there were some plays where Brown looked, I don't want to say disinterested because I know that's not the case, but just like, I mean, pushed around, like makes you shake your head. Well, he's playing and, his way out of a contract that he wants. Oh, big time. He, they, were never, <laughs> they were never going to give him that contract that he wants anyway. And I still think somebody probably will. So the Chiefs are going to have a left tackle question to solve uh, pretty soon. Uh, because I just, unless Brown wants to take an amount of money that he's never indicated he wants to take, that ain't going to be it for them. Um, but but I will I will also say, like, we haven't sat here this year and been like, oh my God, look at the left tackle spot. Like, this was a, this was a one-off, but it sort of spells out why they're not going to make him the highest paid left tackle, which is kind of the indication we got that he was looking for. So, yeah, that was a problem, and it's probably going to be a problem now. Every team they play moving forward tries to exploit. Yeah, um, I don't know, and what I don't know, because we watch these games on TV and we're not watching the All-22s or anything, I don't know if other teams have been trying to do what Mike Vrabel was doing and just been unsuccessful, or if he unlocked something that other teams are now going to use moving forward. That will be really interesting to see that aspect of this when the Chiefs play their next game is anything taken from what the Titans did defensively when they play Jacksonville, who has some good pass rushers, or was that a one-off and a bad night for the O-line in certain spots? Yeah, and it wasn't just the pass rush. It was the run stopping also. Right. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco had five attempts, five yards. Edwards Hilaire, four attempts, five yards. Jarek McKinnon, three attempts, four yards. Outside of Patrick Mahomes scrambling, there was nothing happening running the football with Kansas City. And I think that's that's indicative of both uh, the defensive scheme that Mike Vrabel brought to the table and just a complete um, ineptness of ineptitude of Kansas City running the football. It's just it's not there. And honestly, it hasn't been there uh, for the last few games. That's that's a concern for me moving forward is just the overall um, effectiveness of, yeah. of the Kansas City run game. You don't want Patrick Mahomes throwing it 68 times in a game. Yeah. I mean, that's not good because that means there are 68 opportunities for him to get sacked. 
Um, that's not a even for Andy Reid, who loves to throw the ball. That's too many. That I mean, that's not sustainable. They have to be able to run the ball. I do, though, last night with the way the game was looking, agree with, I mean, to hell with the run. Like, what was the point last night? There was there was no point in trying to run the ball last night. Even when you're behind, you're, you're playing from behind and you've thrown it 68 times and you don't even have enough of an effective run game as the defense knows you're going to pass to try and catch them off guard. Like, there was nothing yeah, happening and, and how about how game. about that? It was like that, what, fourth and inches uh, conversion where they handed the ball off to Clyde Edwards Elaire late in the game. It was a critical conversion where I think some folks were like, oh, you got to punt it away, uh, but they went for it. And even, I mean, Edwards Elaire needed to get basically a yard. And even then, I'm like, oh, my God, like, why is that the play call? Like, they're not able to do anything running the football. And so, like I said, credit to Mike Vrabel, credit to the Tennessee defense, but there is concern for me moving forward with the effectiveness of Kansas City running the football. Well, yeah, and and, and that concern's been there. I don't know whether – I mean, I don't know if this team's ever going to, like, be able to line up and run it. And weather could be a major factor to this team in the postseason if it comes down to that. I do think, though, that the defense – has a chance in situations like that to keep them sort of in it. I mean, the defense to me looked really good yesterday. Granted, it was against Malik Willis, and he he's not ready yet, clearly. He was not ready to make big throws late. Um, I don't. He wasn't ready to really do much of anything uh, yet. And I don't know. I don't have any indication on what kind of quarterback he's going to be. It's just clearly too early for him to be in that spot. But he has to be for them. Uh, the Titans are for real. I think the Titans have a chance that if, you know, if things fall their way, it really doesn't matter either. I, you know, cause they're not going to have like home field throughout or anything, but look, if they think about just like, let's imagine a world where the Titans play the bills in the postseason or the chiefs again, obviously it would be frightening for the chiefs, but let's think about a world where they play the bills again. You would think that they would have some ability to do to the bills, what they did to the chiefs in this game which is establish themselves through the run. If they can play good defense with Derrick Henry, especially as the weather turns, the Titans are going to be a dangerous team. We've seen this before. Mike Vrabel, I mean, one of my takeaways last night, Tommy, and I'm texting a buddy about this, like, because he he brought it up, and I've thought this for a long time. He's like, man, Vrabel's so good. I'm like, I, honestly, I think Vrabel's like a top five coach in the league right now. Like, if you get rid of, uh, you know, Carroll and Belichick, who are obviously – and Andy Reid, basically the old guys, right, that have that have just lasted forever and have been awesome forever. I, I think I'd take Vrabel over any of the pretty boys right now in the NFL, all the pretty boy offensive coaches who are great coaches. I call them that because they all sort of fit into the same mold. I, I'm taking Vrabel, man. Like he's roster to roster for what Tennessee's done. They traded away A.J. Brown, and they were moments away from being 6-3 and three with a win over the Chiefs last night. I mean – He's he's as good as there is in this league. Yeah, I, I mean, it helps when you have a guy like Derrick Henry to, you know, to be able to lead sure. you offensively. But, I mean, yeah, they didn't complete a single pass to a wide receiver in that game, um, which is shocking to me. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, and the disparity between the number of passes that Malik Willis threw versus the number of passes that Patrick Mahomes threw is insane. And Tennessee, like you mentioned, they were right there. They were knocking on the doorstep to win that football game. That's a testament to a couple things. It's what Mike Vrabel 
has installed defensively, but it's yeah. also just the fact that he's able to get so much out of his players, even when there is a clear uh, talent disparity be- between, yep. you know, the, the opposing team and what Tennessee can put out on the field. I, I don't disagree with you one bit that they're a playoff team. And, and I think that's just by virtue of how weak their division is. Look at who else they've got. I mean, it's, right. it's Indianapolis, yeah, there's it's Jacksonville, no and it's Houston. Like, team. they're a playoff team. They're going to win that division. Even, even if Malik Willis starts the, the remaining games of this season, which I don't think is going to happen, but even if he does, I think Tennessee's a playoff team. Uh, and I think that... You know, once you once you wipe the records clean and you get into the playoffs, anything can happen in January. And to your point, you go and you play a cold weather game and maybe there's, you know, wind gusting or snow falling or whatever. That's where Derrick Henry is able to actually take a game over. And so I thought that what was what really saved Kansas City down the stretch in that game was the fact that Tennessee at points had to take the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands. And he was on the sideline for quite a bit because of. Tennessee's, you know, they, they needed to get first downs. They needed to, you know, try to get big chunk plays. And, you know, at, at that point, it was sort of like the game script had moved away from Derrick Henry a little bit. But make no mistake about it, Tennessee is able to, if, if they're able to stay in games late, Derrick Henry, especially in January, can take the game over. Kansas City was fortunate that Ryan Tannehill didn't play in that game last night because Tennessee could do nothing offensively through the air. And that became pretty clear, I think, to the Chiefs. Um, and so they just they sold out to stop Derrick Henry. And that I mean, even Derrick Henry isn't going to overcome a team selling out to stop him. They're gonna have to be able to do something through the air. And it did. It became pretty clear, like Willis is not gonna beat them through the air. They can do nothing through the air right now. So that helped too. I I, I don't know what would have happened if Ryan Tannehill, because think what you want about Ryan Tannehill, he's good enough right, to pick up first downs and to do some things offensively. Willis isn't there yet. And Willis might get there. And and honestly, they probably need to just let Willis run a little bit and create, like, the ability, sort of what the Bears have done, to turn loose Justin Fields. But I, I don't know that, and I didn't. I just didn't watch enough of him in college like I did Fields. I don't know if he's going to be the kind of rust runner Justin Fields is, which is incredible. But yeah, that, and, will, and, that will add a wrinkle to their offense, but it's not right. going to happen with Willis because you can just sell out. I mean, you could, if every team lines up and says, make Willis beat us, the, the Titans are going to struggle. But I think Tannehill's closer to being back than that. Well, and, and the most effective plays, I thought, you know, especially early in that game for Tennessee, were it was when they, they knew that Kansas City was going to stack the box and sell out to get Derrick Henry. And you saw Malik Willis play fake, you know, and then he was able to take off with his legs because if you're if you're selling out, you know, to stop Derrick Henry, then that leaves both sides of the field typically open. And Malik Willis has got some legs to be able to to make some things happen. That was more effective. That was probably the most effective part of what, you know, Malik Willis was able to do throughout that game. And then, you know, credit to Steve Spagnola and Kansas City's defense, they adjusted well. Yeah, they were still, you know, pretty much geared towards Derrick Henry, but especially in the fourth quarter and then in overtime, they were able to keep Malik Willis contained and, you know, keep him from getting the edge when he would scramble. And then, you know, of course, he's not going to complete passes to any wide receivers. So then they were able to get him down for, for sacks. And so that was huge. That was the turning point. And again, Kansas City's defense they won that game. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes individually Absolutely. was able to make things happen, but that defense in the second half kept Kansas City in it and gave them an opportunity to win. 
Mahomes pointed that out very quickly after the game because most fresh in everybody's mind was the, you know, the two big plays he made on the ground. He was quick to point out the defense won that game. There's no question the defense won that game. Uh, another, the, the receiver room, interesting. 17 targets for Travis Kelsey. Is that sustainable? We'll put a bow on the Chiefs, Titans next, and look around the NFL before we switch to a little college football later in the show. Sports Daily rolling right along here on a Reaction Monday with Jake and Tommy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Jad Chambers producing. 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll have a giveaway. Marvel fans, Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh, coming up a little bit later. We'll give those away, so stay tuned for your opportunity to win some tickets for that. Really cool thing we've got going here. Tommy, let's put a bow on the Chiefs, and then we'll look across the NFL at some other things happening on Sunday. Travis Kelsey, 17 targets, Juju 12, between them 29. Now, when you throw it 68 times, some of those numbers are going to get a little bit inflated. Um, How did you feel about that spread last night and moving it around? Kadarius Toney actually did have a couple of targets. I think that tells us he is going to become a factor uh, probably pretty soon here if they were already getting him involved. But 17 targets to Kelsey. Even for Kelsey, that's probably a little bit heavy on the Chiefs and and how much they're having to lean on him right now. Well, the the game dictated that, right? And yeah. uh, I, you know, we go back to what we talked about before: just the lack of a running game. Um, that that's going to make that happen. I mean, and no time you know, for receivers to get down the field, too. Right, and, and and really for for Patrick Mahomes and for the Kansas City offense, um, you're looking at what is the most reliable option. And it's it's always been Travis Kelsey, you know, even when the running game is effective for Kansas City, you know that that can be reliable. Um, We've seen it be reliable in the past. It hasn't been over the last couple of games. But Patrick Mahomes in a tight game like that, he's going to go to what is the most reliable and who he trusts the most. And it's Travis Kelsey. But I think what's even more uh, telling about where this Kansas City offense is isn't the number of targets to Travis Kelsey. I know that's a lot, but like I looked at that that stat and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a lot, but I get it. Like I understand why, you know, that's the case in this game. Juju Smith-Schuster with 12 targets, there's a lot of trust that has been built over the last, you know, several games between he and Patrick Mahomes. Um, is Juju a perfect receiver? No, he's absolutely not. Um, but he has emerged as you know, someone who can who can get those catches, get those targets and Patrick Mahomes can rely on him. Uh, and we've not seen that from really any other receiver, maybe McCole Hardman to an extent. Uh, but really, other than that, you know, he's not showing consistent reliability, throwing the ball to MVS. He's definitely not with Sky Moore. Justin Watson really doesn't get a whole lot of snaps to be able to show that. 
But the fact that Juju got 12 targets and there were multiple catches that, you know, he was able to move the sticks. And that's important moving forward for Kansas City. It is. Um, I, I agree with that. I, I think that Hardman, I, Hardman has been his best this year. I think this is the best Hardman has looked. Um, I, I think he, I hope he's okay. He got bent over backwards on one of those plays. And, and, I, and I love seeing him be the return man. Um, the tight ends were big in this game. Again, a lot of this, I think, is because Mahomes just didn't have time. He was under fire, and credit to Tennessee for that. So we'll see. I think I, I'm not too worried about it because the last few weeks coming into this game, the receiving core has really stepped up. So I think that I, I'm with you. I think this was more of a product of this game, but I do think it's something to watch out for because I don't think I don't think leaning that heavy on Kelsey is sustainable, and, and quite frankly, it's probably not good for him physically. Um, okay, around the NFL here, let's let's look around a little bit. The Jets beating the Bills is the big headline grabber. I think that, you know, as we look back at that game now, it makes some sense. What what surprises us about it, I think, is that they were able to score enough points to win the game, and they only had 20. It was a it was a low scoring game. Uh interestingly enough, it was the same 20 to 17 score that the Chiefs beat the Titans in. But the Bills were sort of in a similar situation that the Chiefs were. It was just a bad matchup. They weren't able to overcome the bad matchup and the great game plan on the other side. The Chiefs were. They have, you know, they have the same number of losses now, too, by the way, which the Chiefs lose the game in hand. But that's a factor, right? If the Bills lose another one and the Chiefs win out, which the Chiefs don't lose games this time of year historically, it's very possible that the Chiefs could play themselves right back into a potential home field situation. But. I think it tells us a couple things about the Jets. That defense is very for real. Uh, they're potentially kind of like the Titans here, Tommy. This is this gets interesting. Now, they lost Brees Hall, who was their weapon, right? Their weapon, their everything, which it breaks our heart here. But that defense plays. And we had seen that young secondary look really, really good. Well, they were just tested by the best. The Bills are the best right now at just pure matchup our receivers to your guys with Josh Allen under center. And the Jets pass that test with flying colors. They are for real defensively. They're going to be another team now that you get into the cold weather months, you get into the postseason, that gets a little bit tricky, I think, come playoff time. If they can maintain this and find their way into the playoffs, they're going to give somebody fits, right, that can't run the ball effectively. It just so happens that the two best teams in the AFC are far better at throwing the football than they are running the football. How how real of a threat do you perceive the Jets to be in all this? I think they're a legitimate threat. I think that yeah. win was more about the New York Jets than you I know, it too. was about the Buffalo Bills uh, losing that game. I mean, I, Josh Allen's going to be fine. He made some poor decisions in that game. Buffalo is going to be fine. Like, I don't have a concern about them whatsoever. But they ran into a pretty stiff defense that Robert Sala has built with the Jets. And you know what? Yes, Brees Hall is a weapon. He's dynamic. He's explosive. And it's a blow for the Jets to lose him for the season. But Michael Carter is not a slouch. I think I said that last week when we were picking this game. Like, Michael Carter is a good running back. And let's not forget, they added James Robinson at the trade deadline from Jacksonville. So they still have a, a solid running game. Zach Wilson, he is who he is. 
He's a he's kind of a game manager at best. If you can keep him from making terrible decisions, which he didn't do against Buffalo, then they're poised to have some success. He didn't turn the ball over, didn't throw for a ton of yards, only threw for 154. But that's okay. You don't need him to do a whole lot. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But as long as you can mitigate the mistakes that he makes and, and he can you know be clean and not turn the ball over, then the Jets are going to have a real shot. I look at that, that whole division. Buffalo, New York, Miami, New England, they're all over 500 right now. Uh, when we talk about how poor like the AFC South is, um, it's just it, it's completely opposite in the AFC East. That division is loaded. Yeah, it's it's loaded. I think the Jets are for real. I don't think the Patriots are for real. Miami very much is. They're another game I thought that was really um well, really interesting, quite frankly, yesterday. So the Jets and, and the Bears, uh, sorry, the the, the uh, Dolphins and the Bears, shootout city, 35-32. The Dolphins were able to hang on. They moved to 6-3. and three. I can't tell with the Dolphins if I think they're flawed and, the, the you know, to let a team like the, the, like the Bears hang around or if the Bears are getting better, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, the Dolphins can score though, and they can score now, I think in a lot of different ways They're I, I don't know what I would fear if I was the chiefs more a team like the Titans or the jets or a team like the dolphins, probably a team like the Titans or the jets, honestly, because I think the chiefs can beat anybody in a shootout. I think Buffalo scares you in a shootout, but Miami's interesting. Justin Fields is interesting. That was probably my favorite game of the day yesterday. Uh, because we saw two young quarterbacks and Tua and Justin Fields show us that they're getting better. Tua looks great right now. Uh, but Justin Fields is looking really good. Now that he's running the ball and, and being able to take shots with his guys, I think people were ready to throw in the towel on him, and it sure looks like that was premature. Yeah, they have absolutely unlocked Justin Fields, and they found that recipe where it's going to work for him. You know, he only threw for 123 yards, but he didn't need to. He ran for right. 178. He had three yeah. touchdowns through the air. So you put him in a position to where, you know, he can run uh, and he can get first downs with his legs. And then when they get into the red zone or when they have scoring opportunities, you know, at that point, the, the defense is so concerned about containing Justin Fields that you've got receivers that are open and that's going to allow for fields to throw for multiple touchdowns. That was fun. I think the bears, um, they're, they're not quite there. Um, but I think that they can be, I think that they are a team that, um, will continue to be on the come up as this year continues. Um, and, and they're going to be a, a difficult out for teams. You know, like I think in the in years past, it's been pretty easy to overlook Chicago. Uh, yeah, we're playing the Bears, like not a big deal. It's a little bit different now in Chicago. It like that I, earlier I still, this year, right? I mean, they right, looked terrible with, early on. With, yeah, without a doubt. And but the the weapons that Miami has to be able to counteract that. I mean, it was it was a punch counter punch kind of game, you know, between those two teams and Tua Tagovailoa. I know that everybody is talking about guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts as potential MVPs and I know Tua was out for a couple of games with that injury. He's looking really good. He I mean, he threw really for good. over 300 yards and three touchdowns. It helps when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, but man, like that that Miami offense is potent, and it's going to continue that way. So, while I think that Buffalo is fine, and I, I I don't have concerns about them long term with losing that game to the Jets, 
Miami's right there nipping at their heels, and um, I I think it's going to make it fun down the stretch. This The AFC is brutal. By the way, too, has been like a stone-cold money-making lock over his passing props this year. His yardage continues to be too low, um, and that'll change. I bet this was the last week we get that. But, you know, we— we look across the landscape of the league and the Chargers who are, it is a joke how many injuries the Chargers have. Again, same old story with them, right? They survive on the road against the Falcons and find a way to win that game. That's significant. I still think there's a world where the Chargers get healthy and are very, very, very dangerous. Cincinnati's sort of in the same way. They And it was Carolina, sure, but Carolina's defense has been pretty good. That's the Joe Mixon game that we'll remember forever, right? Just a ridiculous five-touchdown game for Mixon. They start to lean on him a little bit. They get Jamar Chase back, and maybe they become a different team. Both of those teams make major statements yesterday, I thought, in the win. And then you look across in the NFC, and the Vikings made a statement. I don't know what kind of statement it was, but they survived against the, the Vikings surviving yesterday and the Chargers surviving yesterday are two very different things because Vikings are healthy, right? They're coming out of a bye. They're healthy. They go and they they barely are able to win a game against Washington. Granted, Washington was on a little win streak there and had been playing a little bit better, but come on now. Uh, the Seahawks, I look, in the NFC where everything's wide open, the Seahawks, that's a big win for them on the road against Arizona yesterday. They're six and three, six and three. Like they're, they're they look seriously like they're one of the top three or four teams in the NFC right now in this crazy world of the NFC that we live in this year. The Rams and Bucks both still look stale, right? The Bucks found a way to win that game, but they look stale for whatever reason. Can't really figure that out. So you've got the Vikings, the Niners, who didn't play this week, and and obviously the Eagles, who look good, but. When we look at what's happening in the AFC and the top end and how loaded it is versus the NFC, man, it is night and day right now. Yeah, that narrative has not changed one bit. Uh, and we, we've we said it for, for weeks, all the way back to probably week two or three, like who's going to raise their hand in the NFC and say, hey, we're, we're going to win the division. We're going to take it over. Really, outside of the Eagles, there really hasn't been anybody who's been able to do so. I, I think Minnesota maybe is the next closest. And yeah, they barely beat the Commanders, but that was the you know Kirk Cousins revenge game going back to Washington. First time ever playing in that stadium uh, after leaving uh, Washington. And you know they were able to go in and, and get that victory. And, and again, I mentioned it at the top of the show. It's survive in advance. It's winning ugly. It's these teams that, you know, should be playoff teams that are in a dogfight and it's a mess, you know, down to the end. And you're not things are not really going your way. You're you're not it's not working the way you want it to, and you somehow find a way to win. Minnesota was able to do that against Washington. So they're probably the the next best uh, outside of Philadelphia in the NFC. Um, but man, the Seahawks, like, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like Geno Smith, it's the resurgence from him and it's Pete Carroll. It's coaching. It's the defense that Seattle has, um, you know, with what is happening in that division. I think that the 49ers from a talent perspective are there adding Christian McCaffrey, but they're four and four and they've got some ground to make up. Uh, if they want to try to catch Seattle, they're a more talented team than Seattle, but you are what your record says you are. And right now, Seattle leads that division. I think we are I, – I do th- – I'll say this to to put a bow on that. I do think Seattle 
we we've got to stop thinking of them as less talented because really the reason we say that is Geno Smith and he's playing well. And they still have Lockett. They still have Metcalf. Henry Walker looks like a bona fide running back star. They are. They have some talent. I mean, they're, if Geno's with Geno Smith playing the way that he's playing, they've got talent at skill spots. I, I think that. I think that what really surprised me about them is their defense has been able to be competitive. Um, they nailed the draft last year, and and their defense is playing well enough that yeah, Geno going good. They've got playmakers, and they yeah, are and very I, much for real. Right. What I think is so interesting about Seattle is the narrative during the off season that because they traded Russell Wilson, that this was a complete rebuild. No, really, it wasn't. Like they, and they, they traded really... some key pieces defensively. They did, but they kept I mean, they... DK Metcalf. They kept, yeah. I mean, guys. And we that all could have traded like, away. And got keeping them. Yeah, we right. couldn't believe they were keeping those guys. But now, obviously, we see why. Because Pete Carroll believed they could win, and he was right. Seattle looks really good. Eight six nine twelve forty. We'll come back. Uh, we will give away some tickets to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We've got a lot of college to talk. KU, K-State, that's where we'll spend our time the next hour. And college basketball starts tonight. Sports Daily rolls on on Monday. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with a king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, welcome back into Sports Daily, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us. Great Monday, Reaction Monday. We've got lots coming here in the program. We'll get to KU and K-State football in the next hour, and we will get to uh, some college hoops as well as we get all three teams tonight opening their season. You've got KU taking on Nebraska-Omaha at 7 o'clock, which, by the way, you'll hear right here on KFH. Pre-game coverage starts at 5.30. Um, you have Kansas State opening the season at 8 o'clock against UT Rio Grande Valley. And then you have Wichita State starting its season. Um, I think with the most questions of the three against Central Arkansas tonight, 7 o'clock tip, you can hear that game. 6 o'clock pregame begins uh, over on KEYN. So huge night of college hoops. Uh, we have lines on these games some places, not lines in other places. We'll get into all that in the next hour. Probably, <laughs> probably a little bit premature to begin wagering these, but uh, you know how we are. We may uh, we may roll the dice a little bit on those tonight just because it's fun. But we'll see. Uh, let's give away 
uh, here in just a few minutes, our Black Panther Wakanda Forever tickets, Tommy. So stay tuned, Marvel fans. We're going to we'll, we'll get you the moment to start calling, and we're going to give away two different four packs of that. So hang with us here. Uh, four packs. Monday Night Football, Tommy, we read that first touchdown uh, score bet there for BetMGM. It's one of our favorite bets each and every week uh, to make here because you get insurance on it. It's really, really fun if it hits, and it's pretty valuable if it hits. But, I, I boy, I got to tell you, I don't have a great feel for this game really anywhere. The Ravens are favored by a point and a half on the road. The over-under is 46 and a half. That first touchdown score... I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I bet MGM doesn't have the first touchdown up at this very moment. They'll go up soon. But, you know, Alvin Kamara is probably going to be the favorite. Lamar Jackson's going to be up there. Kenyon Drake gets the start for Baltimore. I, I don't know what to do with this game. This is a, um, it's a hard one for me. I, I will say this. The Ravens need to win it. If the Ravens are going to get themselves into the consideration with all of those great teams we just talked about, in the AFC, the Ravens got to be able to go to New Orleans and win a game. Yeah, my big question is, who does Lamar Jackson even have to throw the football to tonight? I mean, Mark Andrews yeah. is injured. Rashad Bateman looks like he's out for the entire season. Um, who's he got to, to throw the football to? So, uh, you know, expect to see a lot of Lamar Jackson on the ground. Um, I mean, the, the Ravens are so banged up. Um, they've got a, a talented football team. Of course, when you've got Lamar Jackson out there, um, he's going to put you in positions to win. Uh, but this is a must win for Baltimore to keep pace in that division. I think they're the, the best team in that division overall, uh, but it's a matter of whether or not they can actually close out games. They've had trouble doing that all year. Yeah, I, it'll be, I, you know, Andy Dalton's there. I think Andy Dalton's getting the start tonight, as far as I know. Um, You know, Baltimore, you mentioned the receivers. They also don't have a bunch of running backs. I mean, they yeah. are, they're they are pretty banged up, but they traded for Kenyon Drake earlier in the year, and he's looked okay for them. It's a dangerous game. I don't think I'll bet it. First touchdown, I, I, I haven't decided yet where I'm going to go with first touchdown. I'll probably go with, like, Chris Olave or somebody to get some longer odds, maybe likely the tight end there for the Ravens, but that's coming. Okay, all right, everybody, let's give away these tickets. So we've got uh, a cool thing going for you. We've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a sneak preview at Boulevard Theaters in Town West. That's Thursday at 7 o'clock. We're going to give away two different four packs of tickets right now. Jad will take those calls. We'll do it to our second and third caller, 869-1240. Right now, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Go see it on us.